0: a good friend of mine. You will be visited by three spirits. What? Was that the chance of hope that you mentioned, Richard? It was. Oh, in that case, never mind. I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first when the bell tolls one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the final episode of the Christmas month and the final episode of 2022. When we last left you, we talked about we had a little double feature for you and you're welcome. Or you can give us the finger because they're both horrible films, uh, which is uh, Bloody Christmas. Was it Christmas, Bloody Christmas? And what was the other one we did? A Christmas Evil. Christmas Evil. Yeah, see, I don't even remember That's how bad they were. That's how good they were. Yeah, well, they're about one in the second act, but I wouldn't still still give it the finger.
1: I quite like the sort of strangeness of Christmas Evil in oh parts. Oh God, we need. To... I mean, generally it was a damp squid, but it, it, it had some good ideas. Yeah, I hate those damp, those stupid damp
0: squid movies.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, guys, this is our. Uh, Final episode, going to the new year, and then we're gonna take a little breather, uh, just for a few weeks, just to, uh, you know, get all of our bearings straight, and maybe take a break from Trevor, which is always a gift. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So we're gonna talk about a Christmas classic, which would be a Christmas Carol, but it was originally called Scrooge. Then was Christmas Carol, same thing with it's black and white. And then it was color again, and then it was black and white, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but we are talking the 1951 Alistair Sims take on Scrooge. Uh, this was, they did a couple short films on Charles Dickens, if I'm not mistaken, back in the 30s. They did A Christmas Carol, it was like, like an hour long. But this, if I'm not mistaken, is the first feature-length feature film. Uh, Now, we had a series of different takes on A Christmas Carol. Uh, While the idea, the concept was still there with a movie called Pretty Much a Masterpiece in My Book, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, So, I believe this is the first take. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm usually not because I'm, you know, I'm a nerd when it comes to my films. But, Trevor, are you pretty up to par with this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there was, as you mentioned, just to really back up what you're saying, I think there there were, you know, previous versions of it, but I think this is the, the, the sort of, the, the first sort of big production of it, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: first feature length, so I guess we're on the same page. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the, the idea and the influence of A Christmas Carol, and how it's been done to death, not necessarily the actual copy and paste of the book, but, you know, little nods to it, or the concept and the idea is the same. Uh, Like I mentioned, It's Wonderful Life, uh, Scrooged with Bill Murray, which is my personal favorite. Then he had a musical version with Albert Finney in 71, I believe, which is quite good, actually. And then my personal Scrooge, as in performance of Scrooge, it's probably gonna be George C. Scott.
1: Now, the reason I like him in it is because the guy looks like a fucking Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love George C. Scott. He was he was amazing, like, and he, he's sort of pretty much perfect for the role. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's pretty much built for the
0: role. Uh, but let's just jump into this one. All right, we got Alistair Sims. He plays the good old Ebenezer. I have to say, Ebenezer Scrooge. Whoever named their their child Ebenezer Scrooge. Should not be parenting.
1: (laughs) Apparently Dickens got the name from a gravestone that he saw, um, which he read wrong. The name was Ebenezer something or other that sounded like Scrooge, but wasn't quite Scrooge. Either way, even if it sounds like Scrooge, (laughs) I don't know, their parents Scrooged him. (laughs) (laughs) It's very much a, a Victorian name, you know? Yeah, I don't care. It's a horrible name. I don't <laughs> care what year it came out and what era.
0: All right, so we got Ebenezer, Mr. Jorkin, Mr. Dilber, Bob Cratchit, Jacob, Jacob Marley, all the ghosts of present, past, and of things have yet to come, which I've never heard yes. of before. I always It's always the future to me. But I kind of mm-hmm. like that, of things have yet to come. So... Let's start
1: off with why he's a douche. Why is Scrooge a douche? Because he believes that, um, well he's damaged basically from a young man, you know, after, you know, things like his mother dies and stuff. Um, And, you know, in in childbirth, um, which apparently, and I haven't read the original in a long, long time, but apparently that's not in the original um, book. But um, he's basically a damaged man. He becomes damaged, and he see to me it, it's this is a, it's such a, such classic storytelling. In that, I believe at heart, Scrooge is a good man and has always been a good man. But the world has made him very cynical, and misanthropic, and protective of himself. So it it was like basically the world turned him into a bastard. Now that doesn't excuse his actions, you know. But it sort of more explains him in a way. Did you notice the opening sequence
0: when you're kind of introduced to his nephew? And his nephew's full of energy and life. Yes. Uh, It's Christmas time. He comes into uh, Scrooge's house, not house, but office, and kind of has has fun with him because he knows he's anti-Christmas, but he's still kind of Mm -hmm. tongue-in-cheek with him. And he leaves. But do you notice Scrooge's actions aren't as... Diabolical, I guess you could say toward his nephew, probably because it's his yeah. nephew in general. But but he pauses there, even though he's ruffling his his, his feathers a bit. It looks like it's there's a, there's a small sign, and this could be the performance by Alistair Sims, but it shows that there's something there that wants to come out. There's a good there's a good man person to get out yeah exactly. Um, I know that for the first time watching this, uh, you know.
1: I catch things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks, Trevor. Yes, no, 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 all good. And um he does although he does have a certain resentment in this version of his nephew in that he he had a certain resentment, um laugh. towards his sister because his mother who he was very close to died in childbirth giving birth to her.
0: Yeah, but doesn't the doesn't the sister die no, she dies she dies in something different, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Was confused there for a second. Um, but what works for the, what works for this tale, it's an hour and a half, this version. And the first 10 minutes, they pretty much establish that he's a dick, um, <laughs> which is cool. I mean, that's, you know, just get it out of the way. We know, you know, that he's a douche. Um, mm-hmm. with that little glimpse of something wants to come out. Humanoid. Exactly. Um, so he gets his first... Now, this is why I got confused here. His whole life <clears throat> was built around, he really got more of a miser, I guess you can say, when he started working with, um, uh, what's his name, Jobkin, Jorkin or something like that. Isn't it? I could be wrong. And Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley was his business partner since yes. day one. And he kind of took over the business this other dude had. And this other, Played by Michael Horton? Uh, I don't know who that is. But thank you. Was he in Doctor Who? Should we get that out of the way now? Or
1: no, no, he was in a um. Oh, he's been like he, he, this has an amazing cast of sort of old British veteran yeah, actors yeah. like Michael Horton, Harry Tix is in there, and as I have to say, as young Scrooge, the great George Cole. Ah, you didn't. Wow, I'm surprised you didn't mention the young Marley. Yes, well, <laughs> Patrick <laughs> McGee. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly from the Avengers.
0: Why not from Fury Kill, James Bond? Ah, uh, okay, so. Jacob shows up first. He's like, Ooh, I'm Jacob. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's got all these heavy weights he's carrying and stuff. The is teans. he in purgatory because of the way he treated people? Like Scrooge did? Or My, Scroo- my
1: take on it is he's actually in hell. Okay, so he's in hell. Because yeah. I think... And his chains are sort of represent, um, because you know the way he he shows that vision to Scrooge, where there's people like him, you know, the greedy types, uh, it's it's their chains of sort of greed that have dragged them down into this part, uh, not so much hell in the classic sort of biblical sense or, or, you know, uh, mythological sense, but more in the sense of a personal hell. So, but he's talking to him about this, like,
0: dude, you got a couple people coming and be good and this has to work. Cause then I'm. If you're not, I'm fucked. So I was yeah. under the impression he was in some kind of purgatory, and if Scrooge becomes this happy-go-lucky
1: guy again, he gets those chains removed. Um. Uh, well. Well. That's that's a, a, a totally viable take on it. Where my take was more, it was more of a warning to Scrooge, where don't end up like me. Okay. Type thing. Okay. I
0: guess you can see it from uh, both both angles. Yeah. Now he shows him. He tells him to look up the window. And you see a mother and a baby, and she's holding the baby in the cold. Very sad, actually. Yes. Then you got all these fucking people dancing around her. They're ghosts
1: or something. What the fuck is that? Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a bit of a sort of um, mad one. It's it's like the sort of I'm assuming it's connected to the ghosts that are you know of these sort of greedy types that Marty was, who are basically I don't know taunting her or whatever. You know what I really like about this scene? And it works completely.
0: I love those old Victorian beds. And you know the ones that you have the drapes all, you close the drapes all the way around the bed? That'd be so fucking cool to put like a gaming system in there. No, seriously. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't be Victorian anymore. (laughs) Well, yeah, but you still have the bed, you know? And then you, you you got a TV in front of you. And you got the blinds, you know, <laughs> not only for for warmth factor as well. I don't know why they don't they don't so, still do those.
1: Yeah, I must say, returning back um, to, to sort of well, it's actually connected to what you're saying about Victorian times, you know, and the poor mother, you know, outside the window and stuff. I mean, as with a lot of, if not all of Dickens' writings, it was, I mean. The Victorian um, era was very tough times for the working classes in England, you know, Great Britain and further afield, of course. Um, you know, and Dickens' work very much reflected that. So did he have a TV in the bed then, or what ha- Well, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't short of a bob or two, you know what I mean? But let's just say um, a lot... Basically, I would say the bulk of his of his writing was essentially about the plight of the you know the working classes and the workhouses and you know on the streets and the poverty and all that sort of thing. I know. Okay, I know. Back in the uh, days of you know chimneys. I know and, you're. You know,
0: I was just urchins. And, I was just trying to crack a joke there, but did yeah. No, I know, know, that's all right. It, it it fell flat. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it is just my good materials is wasted here. All <laughs> right, so the past shows up. And you meet his sister for the first time. And he pretty much raised himself, well, was ra- raised in a boarding school, it looks like. And he doesn't want to yes. go home because he fucking, him and his father, his father's a douche. And the sister tells him he should come home anyway. Um, so he kind of, right there, he had pretty much a isolated childhood, I guess you could say. Uh, which is one of the, you know. And the... Sh- the mother died giving birth to him and the father blames him is that correct
1: um yeah what well, hmm it's did the did the mother not die giving birth to the okay, sister was... and sort and he blamed the sister but why is the sister getting along okay with the father but he isn't no I think yeah no actually I think you're right there yeah sorry it was a bit of confusion there because I know there's stuff that's added to this version as opposed to in the original
0: yeah yeah I think you're right there okay um, you were introduced to Mister Fezwick.
1: Yes, Fez, Fez, Fezwick. Yep.
0: So it sounds like a drink. I know. <laughs> so Fezwick, he's a good guy. Yes, and they end up fucking this guy over, Fezwick. They end up buying his mm-hmm. business for pittance. Marley, yes. and Scrooge, even though Fezwick has always had their backs since when they were younger, correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. Okay. And uh, also Scrooge at this point, um, the young Scrooge, he he was still before he the sort of do fizzy wig over. He was still pretty much a good guy, and he had a love interest as well. What was Scrooge? Yeah, as a young man. Remember when he's in the barn, they're doing the dancing and stuff. It's like the pub. Fizzy wig was what? No, Scrooge has a love interest with Fizzy wig. No, <laughs> with his lady friend. Oh. And he's dancing with Yes, yeah. But I thought he, We're talking about Fizzy Week and you're talking about
0: him. No, oh, it's he is. Like love it. <laughs> I Like, what? Is there a, is there a director's cut? Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that. It's on the DVD. Yeah, extras. I can see that now. David Cronenberg taking this over. Sick. Yeah, body horror. Sick bastard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we cut to. He's got, you know, we see uh, that. Then we see the sister dying. Yes. Um,. Now he says to her, well, I don't, he says it, but Scrooge says it. Uh, the the now Scrooge, <laughs> not the past Scrooge. Yes. He says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I couldn't be there. Was, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But he was in that
1: room when she died, right? Yeah. Why is he apologizing to her? No, was it not the um, older Scrooge saying that as a sort of thing? Yes. That's what I'm saying. The older, that's right. do you listen to what I'm saying? The yes.
0: the the future, the now, Scrooge. Yeah, we'll say Ghost Scrooge for now. The Ghost mm-hmm. Scrooge is in the room, while looking at his dying sister.
1: Yes, but he was in that room when she was. Why is he apologizing? Well, I think what he's saying there is, I'm sorry, I wasn't there enough. You know, he, he basically he was concentrating more on himself oh, and his business.
0: No, I got it. Sorry, I I do got it. Sorry, I'm interrupting you because uh, I'm right. Go ahead. She's all over the place. Um, <laughs> he does it because she says on the deathbed. Just remember this: take care of my nephew. And he mm-hmm. never really did.
1: Yes, is that? I think. But that, that's another. Yep, that's another take on it. Um, again, it's it's clever writing and you know screenwriting, and that it's it's not spelt out. You know, like so many films these days are. Um, where, but so yeah, it can be taken as either meaning that that he wasn't there enough for the nephew. Or that he wasn't there enough for her whenever she was alive. And then he takes him to Alice's. Alice
0: leaves him. Um, yes. That's his yum yum time. Yes. And she says, you're a douche. You become a fucking yeah. asshole. I don't want anything to do with you. You fucking cocksucker.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the rated version again. That's the Cronenberg version yeah. again you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's, that's Kieran's <laughs> version. <laughs> um
0: because of what he pretty much did with Fizzywig. Mm-hmm.
1: Um she says I I There's can't a- live with somebody like you anymore. There's a brilliant shot where um uh, basically Fizzywig is basically packing up his stuff because they've taken over and you know the, you know um, Scrooge and Marley and he sort of looks up Scrooge looks up and he sees Fizzywig and he realizes basically what he's become. It's it's subtle, but it's brilliantly done. That's
0: what I'm saying. In the beginning, when I when I caught his little glimpse with his nephew was there, like this little glimpse that wants out, and that's kind of the same thing. Each scene seems to pepper in something that he's screaming to get out of this shell that he's in. Brilliantly played by. Yeah, Sim was very good in this. I kind of like him. You know, I noticed. You know what? I he would have made a perfect Sith Lord.
1: Hmm. I like the Emperor. Yeah, i can see it now that'd be mm-hmm. pretty good well again you're talking earlier on about you know these sort of arcs of you know um, and sort of the influence of you know a christmas carol you know scrooge and stuff i mean t- i mean this is a bit of a leap here but you know technically over the original star wars trilogy darth vader has a similar redemption arc to scrooge is he Serious? Oh yeah, he sees the good in everybody. He goes from good to bad to back to good.
0: Yeah, really? but I, that's stretching it. I think.
1: I suppose it as a classic sort of storytelling trope, but yeah, I mean.
0: yeah, yeah. I, I guess, yeah, yeah. Well, it is Lucas. He's still from everybody, so
1: <laughs> yeah, Seven Samurai and all yeah, sorts.
0: Yeah, Dune, yeah, especially Dune.
1: Um,
0: so he goes to uh, he, he goes to see Jacob Marley when he, when it was his death yes um
1: but he doesn't give a shit about Marley
0: yes at the time yeah and yes right there was a weird real creepy line where somebody walks up to Scrooge and he goes is he dead yet He's he's like, what? Mm-hmm. I am The Undertaker. I was yes. like,
1: fuck. The Undertaker's pretty good. That's always, that's always a um, good sign. Yeah. The Undertaker comes to, do, to your bedroom. Well, somebody... I think there's another line by either that or the, the woman who owns the house. I believe it's Mar- possibly Marty's wife or housekeeper. Say something... Uh, they basically, it's basically the gist of, yeah, not a good sign when The Undertaker arrives early before he's
0: dead. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that'd be that be well. It's kind of like the Grim Reaper, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're at the Ghost of Present. So we saw Marley's death. His his mom's his mom died at birth, given birth. He's a, he's in school, uh, kind of by himself. Doesn't get along with his father. He is in the business with Marley, and they they kind of phase out uh, fizzy drink, whatever his name is again. <laughs> <laughs> fizzy drink, I like that. <laughs> they, they phase him out, and he could give two shits about his his friend's passing. Uh, yeah, these are kind of things we've been shown. Now we're in present. What's the Santa? Claus? Is this like this is like big Santa Claus guy? Um, yeah. It seems like in all in all the tellings of us, Christmas called the present guy seems to be the funnest. Yeah, uh, don't know why I like, but yeah, yeah, I think Look, I'm
1: right. I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, there's so many fucking takes of this movie. Although the the ghost of Christmas past in this version seems to be the most spiritual and kindest or something. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Uh, or angelic. So you
0: know? in this one, he kind of sees the people he's affected, and the yes. outcome of how they handle Christmas with his yearly doing, goings ons And the Marty's, or sorry, not the Marty's, yes, the Cratchits and so forth. And when you see it, like you'll see the Cratchits, for instance, celebrating, having a good time, despite the way Scrooge treats them. And even, you know, Bob Cratchit insists on giving Scrooge a toast. Because mm-hmm. the, in the, in the, in the, he, he sees... You know, uh, the bigger picture with Scrooge, I think. And he, yeah, he knows I mean, he's by himself. He knows this and this. So this is why he, he wants to toast. And the, and the wife says, go fuck yourself. We're not doing that. <laughs> but they crack open the Guinness.
1: That wee guy who plays um, Bob Cratchit, he's, he's another brilliant British character actor. He's in a an anthology, uh, Portmanteau sort of horror film, similar to Dead of Night, Um well, not that similar, but sort of that ilk, um, called the Halfway House from the nineteen forties. I mean, this is chock full of classic sort of British actors. Yeah, yeah.
0: back to the scene we were talking about. <laughs> just we'll get, uh, we'll get to Mister IBD here in a moment, folks. <laughs> yeah, but I like, uh, I like the fact that Bob Cratchit holds his own, and he pretty much has everyone, uh, Tiny Tim, and the whole gang, uh, pretty much you know, give a toast to Scrooge. And yes. that's kind of the it's almost the straw that broke the camel's back where he starts to turn a bit. Actually mm-hmm. quite a bit. And but the big one is things of yet to come. Or oh, we know him as the ghost of the future. Yes. Shows up. Uh, and Tiny Tim is dead.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the way you laughed after that, you, you fucking evil bastard. Talk about Sith Lord. You're you fucking Sith Lord. Laughing Laugh nerd at the Emperor, Tiny that's Tim, down, right, That's dad. right, Bastard.
0: Even I'm not that sick. It's just the way I said it. <laughs> and I'm sick. This is the way I said it. Tiny Tim's dead now. Yeah. You know, it's a nice scene where Cratchit, like we just saw him, is always full of life, no matter what you throw at him.
1: Yeah, he's a good, good-hearted sort of kind hearted yeah and then
0: there's this conversation between the daughters and the mother before Cratchit shows up talking about how he's usually has you know tiny tim on his shoulder carrying him home blah 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 and has a you know a little beat in his step kind of thing and happy and Mm -hmm. when he comes back home he's he's somber he's quiet and he kind of breaks down missing his his son and rightfully so um it's a nice scene you know uh the Bob Cratchit, yeah. he's, he's very good in this. And um, so, you know, like you said previously, he's done some other roles because it shows that he can handle, you know, pretty good parts like this. Yeah. So he goes to the other room. We see the Undertaker guy again.
1: Yes. And this time they're at his grave. Ooh, yeah, well, they've also, ooh. you see, like, the housekeeper and all and stuff, they've all, like, basically, they've, um, after Scrooge has died, they've ripped his house to shreds and sold everything. Like, the curtains in that cool bed that you like, they've sold his gaming console and his big TV. <laughs> no wonder this fucker's pissed. They went after his PS5. <laughs> fucking his curtain
0: bed thing. Yeah. There's gotta be a name for those. <laughs> um, It's uh, a four-poster bed, just... Yeah, we're blinds, so there's got to be a name for it, like something cool. Bed drips. Bed drips. That's boring. <laughs> yeah, so no one cares. He's dead. He goes nuts. Fuck this! I'm not dead, you piece of shit. And then the fucking reaper guy's like, "Go fuck yourself, piece of shit. You're an asshole. Mm-hmm. You're, this is what's gonna happen to you if you don't fuck up." And sure enough, <laughs> he sorts his he shit wakes up. It. What day is it? It's Christmas. Oh I'm alive and this is where he kind of loses it, but in a positive way. Um mm-hmm. you know, gives his housekeeper
1: a massive fucking raise, I wish I'd get that at work.
0: <laughs> yeah, she she
1: Yeah. And yeah. uh, she can't sort of she she thinks something's up. Yeah. You know? There's a really weird scene on the stairs actually. When he where she thinks he's trying to get take advantage yeah, she of her.
0: screams. I hated that scene yes. because the screaming really annoyed me.
1: Yeah, but it's awkward in that she thinks he's basically trying it on with her, and he's going to force himself on her. I didn't, I didn't get that. Oh no, there is, is there is, there there is that one hundred percent suggestion of that. But I mean, it, it's played subtly, well, no but it offense. Just a bit... the
0: bitch took his gaming console and cool bed. <laughs> I mean, we just saw it, so I'd be upset about that. <laughs> um, not that I would condone the, the, Scrooge's actions if that did happen Just want one of our fine listeners here at Citizen Frame to
1: understand that yes I, um, I I have to be honest Scrooge whenever he turns good I I find him a little irritating yeah a little overkill um, in the acting um, yeah I preferred him whenever he was a miserable bastard <laughs>
0: <laughs> well now who's a sick fucker I, li- I laugh yeah. at the dead boy oh I'm an asshole
1: well, that's okay. He was
0: a better character.
1: Yeah. I felt it, it was a bit, it was a bit too... His it, laughter got it's his overplayed. Laughter
0: Got annoying. Um, yeah.
1: George's got
0: to this better. Um, yeah. And again, that could be due direction. Uh, but he goes around and he fixes everything. He goes to a dance. Yes. Uh, he goes to his nephews so he can dance. And he buys turkeys and chicken and shit. And McDonald's for the kids. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> KFC. The KFC. Um, he goes to the drive thru <laughs> Yeah, with his horse and buggy, whatever they have then. And Tiny Tim's like, "Oh my God, it's a miracle!" He's like oh look, Tiny Tim, you're alive. And he gives yeah. his kid a beating for you know for
1: whatever reason. Yeah, because it was Victorian times, so he could just do that in <laughs> a whim. Hold on a I grew up in the eighties. He could fucking beat you in a whim if he wanted to. So <laughs> corporal punishment. But it's a
0: nice shot actually, because he's going down this alleyway, and Tiny Tim runs after him because his legs better now. And yeah. he holds his hand as he walked toward Bob Cratchit's house. Um,
1: it's a it's a nice, nice ending. Um, the very the the final shots with the narration um, about how Scrooge becomes um, Tiny Tim's godfather and he's basically he's Uncle Ebenezer to him or whatever. Uh, I think that's lovely. Yeah, I'm crying right now. Yes, now. <laughs> I mean, this is a classic. This is an all time classic story, and I think this is just. I haven't seen every adaptation or every inspired adaptation of it, but this is a quintessential one, and I love Heart of Some Black and White because it lends, with black and white in general anyway, it lends that certain sort of atmospheric haunting quality to it.
0: Um, you know, it, it's it, it's a solid adaptation. I'm not a, f- I like other ones, out there. Um, yeah. What worked for me is I always bring it up. I was it's the mat, and I love the mat mixed with practical. Uh, there's a beautiful yes. shot when he takes him to his school, and they're sitting in the yes. snow, and we see these horses coming right past him, a couple a couple of horses and whatever, and carriages, yeah. but he could tell it's a mat in the background of the school, but it's so gorgeously done, and it looks gorgeous in black and white.
1: Um, it's, they, I would say as well, I know I've already mentioned it at least twice, um, superb cast, special mention to the brilliant George Cole as young Scrooge.
0: Yep, and um, the acting is sp- pretty spot on. This one plays like a stage play. Actually, I think all the adaptations yes. kind of play like a stage play. Um, yeah, yeah. I besides Scrooge, and uh, but I would have to say I'm a big, bigger fan of uh, Finney's performance, George C. Scott's performance, and yeah. Bill Murray's. And the only reason I say that is probably because I was raised on those three films. Oh so yeah! So yeah. they're the, my go-to. Not to take away from this one, I've seen this one maybe once or twice. So that's why I wanted to revisit this one for the podcast. Um, you- but I do, I, I, I do think some of the scenes ran a little long. It was an hour and a half, so I felt like mm-hmm. they lingered a bit. Now I know an hour and a half doesn't seem like long, but sometimes it, 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 can, it can get tiresome. Uh, especially when yeah. he, like you right. mentioned, when he gets up and he's jumping around and he's fucking heckling like the Joker, and yeah, it, it gets a little too much. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's heart's in the right place, so it's pretty solid. Yeah.
1: Well, well, after after it not being in the right place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do you want me to tell you about the first version of Scrooge I oh, saw? The first adaptation. Oh God! As I Don't said, you know? No. Uh, you no. Know the way,
0: if it starts with, it's an, it's an episode of Doctor Who, I'm beating the shit out of you.
1: No, 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 no. I'm coming to that. Give me time. Um, no, no. The first, believe it or not, um, whenever I was a small kid, and I, you know the way I hate Disney? I think this is actually one of the reasons I fucking hate Disney. It's because my sisters had, well, there's a couple of uh, Disney videotapes, Disney's Christmas Carols, and, what did I, uh, and sorry, D- Disney's A Christmas Carol, and Disney's Sing Along Christmas Songs. So the first version, the screen version of um, A Christmas Carol of Scrooge that I watched um, by default, by proxy, was um, basically Mickey's Christmas Carol. And it was because my sisters, on the lead up to Christmas and right through Christmas, they watched it continuously along with this other Disney sing-along Christmas songs crap. And they had it constantly on and they sang along with it and knew every word. And by default and proxy, I knew it off by heart. I think it's one of the reasons I hate Disney. <laughs> Just to be a Scrooge. Well, you like a Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, Yes, that's who. Yeah, Donald Duck is yes. uh, Scrooge in it. Yeah, Yes. yeah. Um, now, about 12 years ago, there was, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there was actually a, um, a Doctor Who version of it. I'm being serious.
0: So anyways, it's after 30 minutes here, <laughs> so we're going to end this one.
1: Um, but let, Michael Gambon's uh-huh. in it, and there's flying alien sharks in it too. I'm not oh my God! You need to just, I, I. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> um,
0: listen, guys, we're gonna. This has been a pretty really solid year for us. Our numbers, like I mentioned in the last few podcasts, have really gone up, especially in the U.S. And I, and I, and I mentioned it once before, but I'll certainly mention it again. A massive shout out to our new listeners in California, Texas, but massive shout out to Tennessee and Virginia who have, uh, I guess, have no taste.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Thanks so much, guys. These are all legends. We really appreciate your support. And Happy New Year. Yep. Um,
0: I guess I don't have to say that part now anymore. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Trevor. But but no, you can still say it from you. But seriously, but seriously folks, uh, we do appreciate the support. And I always say it's longevity. And as we keep doing this little guy, I think... um people uh, just lock on to see what we're all about and it seems to be sticking so bear with us as we make some changes coming of the new year it's going to be a fun one um, we also do want to do a massive shout out to Allie Weir uh, she has been a long time listener um, yes. and also she's a contributor I believe to Phantasm Warrior Magazine
1: that's correct co-editor as well
0: and she wrote a poem and recorded a poem based on our Christmas with the Cranks podcast uh, at least something good came from the Christmas with the Cranks podcast. Yeah. Um, it's more creative and better than the film itself. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Uh, it's good fun. We do appreciate uh, you going the extra mile for us, and, and thank you for that. Um, listen, guys, all our new listeners, everybody, we're going to take a little time off. Uh, we might have a little treat in January because I know you'll miss me. Uh, we have pre-recorded. One, so we'll pop it in there in January but we need to take a little breather uh, revamp, change gears and uh, but rest assured we will certainly be back uh, if you guys have anything you want us to listen to maybe some suggestions, especially to you new listeners out there in the states if you have something that you would like to go hey, can you guys do this or maybe you should try this, give us a shout we're not going to be insulted um, constructive criticism um, good and bad is always the way to uh, embrace and grow Alright, you can reach us at CitizenFrame underscore podcast and of course Facebook. We also have a CitizenFrame at Outlook.com if you want to email us. uh, Feel free to do that as well. You guys have an awesome new year and we wish you the best of the happy holidays. What's left of it? Trevor, thank you for everything as usual. My pleasure, Karen. Thank you. I know. You're welcome. I am a gift. And that's a wrap. Take care of yourselves all the best.